Australian netball podcast on the edge of the crowds podcast network I'm your host tonight my name is Sarah and I'm joined by Ariana and Dan how are you both I'm okay but I don't think I will be able to emotionally recover from this weekend's netball for a little while (laughs) a lot happened maybe too much happened and I don't think I fully processed it yet how about you Dan well I, I am less physically okay um, but also I'm unable to process what happened over the weekend and I think I still need a bit more time for that. How about you Sarah? Yeah absolutely I think in terms of processing emotions um, I was at the Thunderbirds Vixens game on uh, Saturday night and let's just say at three quarter time I was feeling very well and by the end of the game I was feeling a lot less well. <laughs> Um, so it was a really unfortunate fade out and yes then we had a couple of heart stoppers uh, games that both you uh covered so certainly was a weekend of netball um yeah to process but I think that means that we should jump straight into it because the two games the one that you covered Dan and one that you covered Ariana had the same scoreline this week uh and a very similar decision had to be made at the end of both those games and one person slotted a goal for two points and one person unfortunately missed and it it sort of brought up that debate of do you go for two points in the win or one point and a draw and extra time so where do you guys sit on these decisions that came at the end of the games uh this weekend and and the results that came about because of those decisions I know a lot of people were upset about how the Swifts one ended she was right under the post but I get it. It was a hard game. And if you, Helen Housby was right there. She was looking good. I thought it was going to be good. I was like, she's done it. The English Roses in Australia, look at them go. But who wants to play more time in such a hard game when you can get the win just then? And then obviously she'd just seen her teammate do it. So she was probably feeling real good. But unfortunately... The Swifts, it just didn't work out. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I had the privilege of hearing from Brian Eagle after the game, and she had confidence in the decision. She says she backs Helen Housby in to make that shot every day. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't come off, but she'll still back her in. But I thought it was interesting because um, I haven't done the research, but I don't know the last time that Helen Housby had 16 misses in a game. Mm. Seven. 17, if you count the fact that that was a penalty that was recalled. Um, and there are a couple of those. So it was not a good shooting performance by Helen Housby. It's very uncharacteristic, given that we know she has no problem in the clutch, um, as anyone who's watched a Commonwealth Games final will tell you. Um, so I thought it was the right decision. And I think that if you are an 18-year-old Sophie Fawns and you're experienced teammate calls for the ball you pass to the ball really um and that's you know that's team play and that's going for the win because going for extra time is a big risk I mean we saw the lightning the Giants do it against the Vixens earlier in the year they went for one got extra time against the Vixens and got blown away in extra time they were down by three or four goals at the end so I think you got to play for the win I think that was the right call Yeah, absolutely. I think especially after you've made such a comeback across two quarters of netball, you have played your 
absolute hardest to get back within that one goal margin you I don't know that you have another five minutes at that level um when the fever potentially could have gone up another level you you're risking a lot by going to extra time so um I absolutely think it's the right call to go for that two-point shot and yes Helen Housby on any day except for last Sunday probably does make that shot honestly um it was just I, I guess the argument not also become it was not her day yeah and it becomes an, an interesting call as well whether um you know given what had happened so far in that match whether you know she was in the best place but you'd still back her every day of the week to make that shot um from that range it's it's her range yeah and look uh, I was sitting up in the media desk with uh, Kate Cornish from the Nitty Life and uh, Diamonds coach Stacey Grinkovich the three of us were sitting there and we all commented that Helen wanted the ball throughout that second half. It didn't matter that she'd missed nine goals in the first half. Didn't matter that she missed another five or four in the third quarter. She kept demanding the ball and wanting the ball. And there's a mindset there. It's the same one Joe Harton has. Um, and I don't think anyone doubted Joe Harton's decision to go for two. She had Sophie Dwyer free under the post for one at the last second there as well. She had the same option. Um, and she went for two, and I don't think anyone thought that that wasn't going anywhere other than right down through the goal. And so, I mean, when Helen had that second super shot attempt, I thought that was where that was going as well. Um, I think everyone in that raucous Ken Rosewall arena thought the same based on the volume of the game. Absolutely. But those two results did mean that, of course, the Giants managed to steal a win from the Queensland Firebirds up at the Queensland Firebirds home venue, uh, which was a huge result, as well as the fever snuck away with a one goal win over in Sydney. And it, it's fair to say that that was a bit of a, a they, they managed to, to find a way to just take the points back to Perth and just sort of slip away because um, it was not their best netball at all in the second half um, and they would have been quite disappointed with the way they weren't able to respond to the Swifts response so a couple of interesting games there and of course the results were identical in the end uh, end score 73 to 72 so um, yeah I don't know how many times that's happened in history well, yeah, and Ken Rosewell Arena has not exactly been a happy hunting ground for the FIFA this year because remember the Giants came and marked them as well so I'd say that's a, a bit of a concern. They'll be glad that they can't be coming back to Sydney this year. Um, so they've got at least a little while to deal with it. But there is one more road trip on uh, the Fever's radar, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. What else? Uh, yes, I mean, there was there was two other whole matches that we yeah. to talk about. Plus, you know, we didn't really talk about either of those two. We just about the last six seconds of each of those ones. I know we didn't, yeah, we didn't really even cover the rest of the match there, but uh, there were two other results and they were uh, the Vixens got up by four in the end over the Thunderbirds. It was an eight goal final quarter turnaround um, and the Magpies, they're in the four. They take the Firebirds spot at position number four on the ladder with a six goal win over the Lightning. So huge result for the Magpies and you could see what it meant, um, the vision inside their change rooms after the match and Nicole Richardson walking in after probably doing some media. Um, just the way she entered was, she was so pumped and it was so great to see. 
Yeah, speaking of that media, I was in that media conference with Nicole Richardson. Um, for the most part, it was just me and Nicole, and she was in a very good mood. She was very happy with that win, as she should be, because mm -hmm. it really does put the Magpies in the box seat. But I do want to talk about the Thunderbirds, because in three of their last eight quarters, they scored less than 10 goals, um, with five against the Vixens, and then nine and seven against the Giants last week in the first half. There are some issues at Adelaide, um, and we saw those really expressed on the faces of Shamir and Tanya after the game in um, what was a pretty stark image, I think, for most people. Yeah, absolutely. You could see what the loss sort of had done to Shamira. Like she, she was very upset, and she left the court with Nat Lomberto straight after the final siren. Um, and... The other, the rest of the team stayed out there and and did their um, obligations at a, the final home game of the year, where they stayed out there for I want to say close to an hour. Some of them taking photos with fans, um, and unfortunately, yeah, it, it means so much. And um, another loss, another loss where. Yes, the team only scored five goals in the final quarter and that was not off the back of not having the opportunities. They had turnovers, they had gains, they had so many chances. But, um, yeah, I, for me, and I, I questioned, I was obviously then speaking to Tanya Obbs after the game and I, I asked her about those decisions in that final quarter to change up the goal circle that had seemingly been doing fine um, and to switch it for... Georgie into goal attack and then bringing Tipper on into goal shooter. I, I asked her what's up with that um, because everything had been going okay, but they felt the tide was shifting and you can understand that in a way it did feel like it was shifting a little bit. Um, and the Vixens to their credit were the top team. They came away with a win. They found a way, took the momentum, pull, pulled the momentum back on their um, side and, and just ran away with it. But yeah, it's hard to watch. Thunderbirds at the end of that game to be honest they were um and Shamira and Laddie weren't the only ones um Lenny was very upset um after the game taking pictures and trying to pull a smile on her face but you could see that behind it was yeah, it was quite a a sad end to the home season that's for sure yeah I mean there are two things for me that kind of come from that the first is in regards to the Vixens we talked at mid-season when we said what they need to work out in the second half was how to stop the momentum of matches and turn it their way in. That is one of the things that we've seen over the last two weeks is their ability to take the match by the horns. And on Saturday night, like they did win it and win it not in a panic in a last second mm -hmm. shot, but actually kind of take control of the match. Um, on the other side, I do wonder how much of that emotion is tied to it being the last home game of the year and it being what can probably be described as a pretty disappointing season for the T-Birds. I mean, I know they're in the finals race and there's a possibility they'll make finals, but from what we saw from Team Girls Cup, they really could have been a dominant force this year and they just have not capitalised on the ball that's come from that back end. And I wonder what changes are afoot in Adelaide um, to try and turn that around because it's obviously a, a very long-running problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair to say it's a long-running problem um, and it has continued for quite a few years now. Um, and 
yes, there's a, a few extra wins in the past couple of years last year and this year, but it's still not anywhere near where they would want to be. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities missed. And I think that's a big thing. There's so many games that they've been well and truly in um, up right until the final few minutes. Um, and then the fade outs have just been uh, like something else to, to see a team fade out like that in the last quarter is yeah, very disappointing, um, especially when they've got such a massive crowd behind them. They're still getting so much ball and they're still turning over so much ball, but they're just giving it away straight away. Um, I mean, there's changes that can be made. You've got a couple of players that are signed to two-year deals, but um, a few that are not. Um, and there are definitely changes that can happen in playing um, capacity, but there's also changes that can happen in other areas as well. And I do wonder if we'll see some. Um, it's been a little while since there's been some change, so may maybe that is where they need to go but I guess we'll find out in a few weeks time I don't think we'll be talking about the Thunderbirds after this week and into finals <laughs> if I'm completely honest but um that's unfortunately another season that you know could have been um there was one other result and we did talk about the Magpies and Nicole Richardson being very fired up and happy but it does mean the Lightning is well and truly now out of, out of the finals race mathematically um I, I guess it, it's been a season for the, the Lightning, um, but we also didn't expect anything particularly, you know, exciting from them in terms of a top two finish or anything. Um, there were always a chance to be that fourth spot in finals, but unfortunately so, so much change in a year can be quite yeah. challenging. Yeah, I mean, five new places, uh, five new faces out of your 10 is a, a pretty big amount. And then, I mean, it is a momentous thing because it is the first time they've missed the finals mm -hmm. in their history, um, which is a big deal. But uh, the Magpies held on pretty well and they took control in the last few minutes when it looked like the Lightning were trying to make a charge. So I think they'll be pretty happy with that and where it leaves them going into the last weekend. Absolutely. You'd much prefer to be in the four going into the final weekend than out of it um especially being yes yeah, such a close <laughs> such a close year i i think we should jump straight into round 14 because that's where it all is at uh there's four games left of the home and away season for four teams this is the last time they'll play this season before we get into the business end of uh 2022 super netball season so who chose first me <laughs> do i get to choose yeah, first did. this week yeah, oh Lucky me. Well, I'll go with the Giants first lightning um, because I think this is the Giants' opportunity to cement that home final, um, minor semi-final, obviously, but a home final nonetheless, which will be so important. Um, having a, the Ken Roseville Arena up and about will be will be key to um, helping them on their way. So it starts with another win this weekend against the Lightning. And last time they played, the Giants managed to smash the Lightning by 28 goals. Um, this is a game where we talked about them just keeping the foot on the pedal the whole game. And at the time in round seven, we were like, I mean, do you want to look at your bench at all, Julie? But two weeks later, we were talking about the closeness of the competition and the importance of your percentage and now we get why why julie kept her team as they were there's a, a certain irony to the fact that if they win this one 
their percentage actually will have been irrelevant and they could have blooded those youngsters. Yes, but at the same time, four weeks ago when they were not at all confirmed in the top four, Julie's calls made sense um, and they still do. I, I, I still have to say, like, she is, yes, she is an incredible coach and um, 28 goal win last time, in, very impressive and they'll be looking to do something similar this weekend, I think. Um, they want to keep on a roll now. They, they snuck away with a win. They stole a win on the weekend. They want to keep on a roll now because they're going to have to just win every game going forward. Um, and it's going to take a road trip or two. Um, so probably one uh, long one I think if they make it they'll probably just stay away I would think that's true that's true uh especially if they do have to make that first trip to Perth if the Vixens were to get up in the major semi but anyway that's for a couple of weeks time for this week's this week's game um the Lightning last time they were without Karakonen so I do think that that makes a slight difference to uh, the Lightning's front end combination and how the Giants will manage that because Tilly, Mc, Tilly McDonald last time had a really, really impressive game, um, a, a dominant game. Will she have as dominant game against Kara Conan? Well, I'd love to see it. Um, will she be playing Kara Conan? Because there's a little part of me that thinks that we might see Steph Wood on ice and... Riley Batchelor playing mm. close to 60 minutes, in which case does Batchelor play attack or shooter? Probably shoot. Uh, that would be an interesting, interesting combination for um, them to deal with because I think it was similar last time, except you had Steph Wood at goal attack and you had Riley in at goal shooter. Um, one player who didn't play as many minutes uh, in that game, but I'd like to see more of is Annie Miller. Um, she's had a really good few weeks um, and wouldn't mind seeing a bit more of her in the midcourt, especially if it is Riley Batchador. Oh, and it's against her old side. I mean, she was a Giants mm. Academy product, so there's a little bit of extra motivation. She was psyched to play against the Swifts in Sydney, I imagine, even more so against the Giants this weekend. Absolutely. So I do think that this is... Uh, an interesting contest, but I think the Giants come away with a really solid win here. Who's next? Ariana. Me. So to close the round on a Monday, we've got Magpies versus Vixens. Uh, Magpies home game. Last time, the Magpies won. One of only two teams to beat the Vixens this season. So pretty big. The other one was the Lightning. So something maybe gone not quite right there. <laughs> And because, because the Vixens are already in the major semifinal, um, a loss doesn't make or break of their season. So they can lose. Obviously, they don't want to lose this, but they can lose this, and it really doesn't matter at all. Whereas for the Pies, there's a lot riding on this game. As Dan will talk about later, they can still lose and get into the finals, but that's not really a game you want to be playing you want to get the you want to get the win you don't you don't want to be hoping on percentages and other teams losing but because they're the last game they'll sort of know whether they really need to win this or not which I suspect they will although they will almost certainly need to win this yeah um, there are obviously possibilities but I'm interested to see whether the Vixens put the cue in their act because 
as much as there's nothing to play for for them. It's not like an AFL list where you can just take nine players out and gut the team and send out the reserves. You've only got three players in the squad and one of them is Riley Samerson who hasn't played in six or seven weeks. So do they put the queue in the rack or is this a foot to the throat week for the Vixens? Yes, especially if they want some uh, state bragging rights given that they lost last time. They also had no Kate Eddy, no Hannah Mundy. And Kate Maloney had just come out of COVID protocols. I can't remember how she, whether she was still a little bit uh, sick or not. But, yeah, I am interested to see how the Vixens approach this, given that it doesn't really matter how they go. Are they going to rest if they can for the fever? I probably would personally, but that's because I fear the fever. <laughs> I think also for them, it's it's a interesting toss up because it's like, oh, well, if we beat the fever, then we get a week off. And do we really want to be having a, a quieter week this week or like putting a couple of players on ice this week if they're going to have that in two weeks time? Um, it's, it's a dangerous game to play. Yes. Knowing what I know about Simone McInnes, and I'm obviously <laughs> not inside her head, but she's not someone to lay down and lose on purpose. So no. I expect the Vixens to come out all guns blazing and to make a point that they are the best team in the competition. That's why they're the minor premiers. Do you think if Ronnie Summerson is fit this week to play, does she play a few extra minutes, in, especially in that first half? Because otherwise, if you need her, something happens in that first major semifinal or the grand final, and she has barely played any netball, what do you do? I mean, I would definitely be getting her some minutes, but it's not like Riley Samerson doesn't have a track record that comes in with not a lot of experience at that level. It goes badly. Let's be let's be quite honest about what happened when she made her debut. Uh, but I, I would be getting some minutes into her if I was Simone McKinnis this weekend, um, maybe even starting her, given that, you know, the shooting end is not, an area that is struggling and it'd be good to get her to gel in both positions with Kumwenda and Austin. Definitely think a little bit of gelling there wouldn't go astray. Um, let's hope she is fit to play this weekend. We know last weekend there was a bit of, oh, will she, won't she, and then they ruled her out. But let's hope that she's back um, this weekend because, yeah, definitely want her around for finals. So that is for sure. Um, Jan, your choice. Uh, oh, I, I called it when we had our little draft. I called this the match for it all um, because it's the only match with two teams that both have something to play for this weekend, other than Pride. Um, it's going to be at Ken Rosewall Arena. It's the late game on Sunday, and afterwards it will leave just one match left in the season. So the Swifts and the Firebirds go head to head. Firebirds last time had it by 13. Um, but that was a, a slightly different week. One, I think at that point, the Swiss were down a little bit. They'd been at the fever the week before, but also that was immediately after Diamond selection. And that was the week that Kimi Rav and Gabby Simpson made a statement about their non-selection. And so did Ruby Bakel-Doran. Bakel-Doran had four interceptions and five deflections Um Danelle Wallum had 57 goals. Um, it was a comprehensive performance and they really ran away from the Swifts. But 
as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, the Swifts are almost never out of the contest. Um, I think everyone at halftime last week thought they were out with nine down, but it came all the way back. The Firebirds uh, probably would have liked a win last week um, to be sitting in fourth position and relaxed a little bit, but they are going to have it all to play for. Um, And essentially the loser of this match will have their season over and then the winner will be hoping that the Vixens show up with all guns blazing. Um, It is a bit more complicated than that, but it's going to be interesting. And there's some some juicy matchups all over the court. There's some questions on how the Swiss will line up at both ends because we saw Singleton on for most of last week and then when Fawns came on, she shot like a superstar. And at the other end, they started with O'Shaughnessy, and that worked on Fowler, who was similar to Danelle, but then they brought on Ali Smith and she was potentially the match winner for them. So I'll be curious to see what decision Briny Eagle goes with this week. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're massive decisions to make as a coach because uh, I think last time, a long time ago when I spoke to Briny Eagle, uh, she she was really about that Um going off the week's training, going off the previous game, going off the matchups. It was a very much a let's look at all the possible options and let's choose what we think will be the best. And she's she's not one to just go, oh, this is our set matchup. We saw it last year. She started a different seven a lot of times. Um, so she, she's not afraid to mix it up. And so whether, you know, Smith's performance last week gets her a spot in that starting seven or whether... Um, you know, you know what option they go for it will be certainly something for the firebirds to be sort of watching out for and may, maybe that's a real challenge for the firebirds preparing for this is like what are they actually like what are the possible options to prepare for um what are they going to throw at us but i think the firebirds almost need everything on the line when they play a game <laughs> like when they got themselves in that position a couple of weeks ago where they we thought they were completely out of finals suddenly things have changed and you know they're they're really fighting um and I think on the weekend they they really did fight and unfortunately they did come away with the loss but they were certainly well and truly in that match they score plenty of goals um and I think that's going to be a massive challenge for the Swifts who obviously scored a lot of goals on the weekend but um yeah it it is a challenge they they haven't quite been at that level every week no, they certainly haven't. They've struggled on attack most of the year um, and been saved by defence, um, who just quietly stand up pretty well generally. But, uh, yeah, there'll be some big decisions. There certainly and will be, and it leaves one game. Match. Yep. I mean, technically, Thunderbirds have everything to play for because yeah. technically, mathematically, <laughs> it's still possible. However, <laughs> let's just say, um, yeah, probably not. But the last time they did play the Fever, they kept the Fever to 60 goals, which is quite an effort. The Fever have consistently scored way more than 50, 60 goals this year. Um, so if they can keep them to something like that this time around, they probably need to keep them to like closer to 50. But, you know, <laughs> Thunderbirds have their own scoring issues, as, we, as we've said throughout the year. But um, it's certainly... It seems like an, I don't know. I don't even know that it's really that interesting, this matchup. <laughs> I will be interesting to see what the T-Birds do, how they respond from last week and 
all the emotion and whether that was all they had and this week the cues in the rack and they get absolutely blown away or whether they come out with the same fire they had for three and a bit quarters last week and really make a game of this um i think that's what i'll be watching most closely and that'll be what i'm most interested in this weekend from a tactical perspective i hope even if they don't win that the fire but i mean the thunderbirds give the fever run for their money and just sort of tie them out a little bit also just after the weekend it would be really nice to see the thunderbirds with a win i suspect it would be i don't think they'd get into the finals but it would be really nice for them to close on a nicer note than what they currently have that said if there is a couple of people who don't have a lot of positive will towards the Thunderbirds and would like to really send them off with a a, a salute. Um, you would be forgiven for Chelsea Pittman, Sasha Glasgow and Dan Ryan being at the front of that line. Um, and I could imagine they very easily, I don't know whether they will, but it would not be that hard to imagine them deciding to fire up to uh, prove a point this weekend in that one. Yeah, I mean, last time they played over here in Adelaide, it was um, was actually a fairly warm reception from the crowd, which is classic Adelaide, to be fair. Um, (laughs) But Sasha Lesko didn't actually... Regret by Adelaide, maybe, that (laughs) the crowd wouldn't mind having Dan and Chelsea and Sasha. Okay, we, we wouldn't mind having them back, no. Um, the, the Sasha didn't actually play the first half of that game. She was recovery. She's just fresh back in the uh, group after having COVID. Um, so she didn't play the first half, played the second and blew out cobwebs um, would be the best way to put that half. It was not her best by any means. But um, Dan was there as usual, fired up. Uh, and they didn't actually play Chelsea Pittman that night. They didn't need to. Um but she was certainly on the bench giving some direction and was sitting behind the bench, I should say, and giving some direction and, um, you know, back among the Thunderbird fans. But, uh, yes, over in Perth, um, I don't think that this is going to be the Thunderbirds' positive end to the season. Well, the Fever will also have Jess Anstis back this week. Um, Mm -hmm. Dan Ryan confirmed that she was almost cleared to play last week. She did this training session on the Sunday with the training partners and the physios on court um, and she will be fit to come back and he's going to have to work out how to reintegrate her after she's missed seven rounds of netball. Um, But he'll want to make sure she's reintegrated coming into finals because it will be important to have her back then. Yes, definitely. Definitely. You want your vice captain out on court for finals. That is for sure. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, it's a challenge that they face, but if you wanted to do that against any team, it's the Thunderbirds or the Lightning. So lucky for them, it's against the Thunderbirds. Um, <laughs> so yes, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's an interesting matchup for a few different reasons, probably not the results um, more so than how both teams rock up and how both teams attack the game. That's for sure. So that brings us to, what does this all mean? Like, what could possibly happen this weekend? And Ariana and I are just not quite the mathematical brains. Also, don't have the time to consider 
what this all means. I spent my morning counting, not goals and percentages, like literal counting from one to 20. So Dan, resident percentages person, <laughs> um, can you please help us here in what are the possibilities for this weekend and who could be playing the weekend after? Yeah, I mean, so first up uh, with the major semi-final is definitely going to be Vixen's Fever. The minor semi-final is going to be in Sydney and the Giants will be hosting. For the Magpies, there are two equations to how they make finals. The first is a really simple one. Beat the Vixens. Win, win. and you're in. <laughs> oh, nice beautiful. And if they win, they're home, safe, hosed, everything. No worries. If they lose, they aren't out of it for sure, though. So what would happen if they lose is that chances are need to lose close they need to actually have their percentage go up when they lose which means they need to lose by probably one or two goals and they need the swifts to have beaten the firebirds and not have done it by miles because the more that the swifts win by the less margin the magpies have to play with they're currently 0.7 percentage ahead of them which is about four or five goals so that's the margin of error they've got to play with. And they would need the T-Birds to have lost because the T-Birds have a better percentage than the Magpies. So if the Magpies lose, they need the Swiss to lose by a little bit and the T-Birds to lose or to win by one goal and drag their percentage down. Does that make sense? In other words, just win. <laughs> it's super simple. They win yeah. and they're in. Best part is, though, with that, is they play last so they will know exactly what they have to do and if it is we actually have to win well then they know they just have to win they also will know the little bits of margin and i'm sure there'll be someone sitting there with the ipad that just has the live bladder forget the stats forget everything else <laughs> live bladder yeah you just have a, a goal target of how many you need to be up because um, yeah. it will change also depending on whether it's high scoring or low scoring but for the Magpies to be able to lose, the Firebirds have to lose. Going to going into Sunday, if the Firebirds win, the equation is going to be super simple for the Magpies. And the Firebirds sit in fifth. They have a really good percentage. Um, so basically, the, their percentage is 100.7, which is about 2% better than all the other teams we're talking about. Win and the Magpies lose and the T-Birds don't win by... 15 20 goals they're in so i think we can probably pretty simply say that one is win and the magpies lose and the firebirds make finals yep that's that's all fairly straightforward so going into going into monday if the firebirds win they'll be praying for the vixens if the firebirds lose they're out it's irrelevant to be clear if any of these other teams lose, they're out. Like, they're all a game behind the Magpies. They all need to win mm -hmm. and have other things go right for them. Uh, I'm going to go to the T-Birds next because they are essentially the next simplest option because they have a better percentage than the Magpies. So for the T-Birds to make finals, they need to win and they need to, the Magpies not to win and they need the Swift not to win by miles and miles and miles. The Firebirds have a better percentage than the T-Birds. So if the Firebirds win, the T-Birds are getting past them unless they win by miles and miles and miles and miles, like 
30, 40 goals kind of margin. No, so I think we can take that one out. That's not a realistic <laughs> possibility. So if the Swiss win and the Vixens win and the T-Birds win, the T-Birds are probably making finals. <laughs> All of a sudden, now doesn't sound like the craziest option for the <laughs> No, I mean, it sounds like if the if the T Birds win, and that's that's early on in the weekend, mm -hmm. so they will know going into the Swifts match, they will be cheering for the Swifts to win by a little bit. Because then, if they win and the Swifts win by a little bit, and the Vixens win, the T Birds are playing finals. <laughs> Which okay, so you say that doesn't sound like totally unrealistic, except it does they have hinge to win. on them beating the fever. The fever, <laughs> yes. yes, not exactly likely. Um, however, stranger things have happened. Right. So now we get to the most complicated of all of them, the Swifts, and the Swifts are actually one of the teams that have two paths to victory. Both of them require the Swiss to win and the Magpies to lose. If the Swiss win by a bit, say like five, six goals, and the Magpies lose by when five goals and the T-Birds lose, the Swiss will make finals. Not that crazy, right? So if the Swiss win by 10, 11, 12 goals and the Magpies lose, and the T-Birds don't win by three or four goals, they'll make finals. And I feel like now I've confused everyone. So basically, um, in essence, for each of these teams, the, the simplest equation is Magpies win, they make it. Magpies lose, Swiss win by a little bit. T-Birds don't win by miles, Magpies make it. Firebirds win, Magpies lose, Firebirds make it. Swifts win, Magpies lose big, T-Birds lose, Swifts make it. T-Birds win, Magpies lose by a bit, Swifts don't win big, T-Birds make it. What it does mean is that we are not going to have any idea about who's playing finals. At each game, we will know slightly more, but we won't know anything until right at the end of the last game because it's all going to hinge on the Magpies. But for a couple of teams, if the Firebirds win, it will simplify the equation massively. Because if the Firebirds win, the only can still make finals is the Magpies. Mm -hmm. Firebirds have a really good percentage. Win, Magpies lose, and they're in. That's kind of the simplest. It's when the Swiss and the T-Birds get in that stuff to get complicated. So you've got all those percentages on the page in front of you, all those chances. What do you think is the most likely scenario? Pies. Pies win. Yeah. You yeah. think that's the most likely scenario? Do you think the pies going to be the Vixens? Uh, yes, with everything to play for on Monday. Yeah. And, and I think that's the simplest thing for them to focus on is just get the win. Um, how, <laughs> however... None of them sound that obscure. Like none of them sound totally unrealistic, which is just 
absolutely crazy and the fact that four weeks ago we sat here saying oh we really hope that the magpies vixens doesn't mean like absolutely nothing and here it is being like literally the the, the biggest game of the week <laughs> <laughs> it's like props to super netball because they actually did schedule that well in the end we lucky. said <clears throat> they did get a little bit lucky because we we did sort of float the idea of well d- d- should we have a rotating uh, sorry, should we have a floating fixture for the final round? Because, you know, you want to put the most important game at the end. Turns out we've got it. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> they did it. Um, what do you think is the most likely scenario, Dan? As crazy as it is, I think the Swifts are going to be playing finals. I think um, the most likely scenario is they beat the Firebirds, the Vixens win, and the, the Fever win. I think... The Fever and, and the Vixens are not that controversial. I think both mm. teams, you know, they're at the top of for a reason. And I think the Swifts with a home crowd and with the momentum of that massive comeback last week, I think they get up over the Firebirds, who have choked in big situations this year. But they've also um, not choked in a big situation in Perth, so... <laughs> that's true. Just want to point that out. But I think... The other thing that the Swifts have is that this is like a final for them. Mm. And uh, let's not pretend like they're not very good at those. (laughs) That's kind of gone their way the last couple of times they've been there. Um, So I think, but I think the most likely scenario is that the Fever beat the T-Birds, the Vixens beat the Magpies, and the Swifts win to play finals and bring on a Sydney Derby in week one of finals. Every, and the Sydney we, Derby is honestly like <laughs> every week. It's, <laughs> it's all, he was, all, all he's hoping for in the finals is the Sydney Derby and he might actually get it. But but that does actually require the reverse results for two out of three games from what we saw earlier in the year. And we have said every week we can't predict results and we can't exactly go off these round seven results because... Round seven was seven weeks or six weeks ago. I think in both those cases, we would say that it was the, well, so maybe not in the Fibers Swifts match, but the Magpies Vixens was an anomaly at the time, I think we would say. Yes. It's also a derby. It yeah. is. And derbies do crazy things to teams. <laughs> so who knows? No one. Um, <laughs> And literally no one is going to know until Monday afternoon at about 2.30pm Australian Eastern Time. We will be plugged on the couch on Monday afternoon. And look, depending on how mad it is, we may even sit down and chat on Monday afternoon and get you a special episode depending on how nuts it is. Depending on how nuts it is, we might just do that. But shall we end with your matchup of the round, Dan? Have you decided on a matchup of the round? I have finally decided on a matchup of the round. I'm looking forward to seeing Joe Weston go up against Gabby Sinclair. I think that is going to be who the Pies play at GA most of the match. Mm-hmm. That's what we saw last week. And I think we are starting to see Nicole Richardson lean on Gabby Sinclair for better or for worse. And, you know, knowing what we know about all the other context around that, um, that's a really exciting matchup because they've been going at it for years, these two. In these derbies, Western has generally had the better because the Vixens have generally had the better. But 
with it all to play for and uh, the ability to rain fire down from super short range. Who knows? It's really interesting the way um, teams are, are dealing with that final few minutes of every quarter and the power five and how they double team certain players. And that's one thing that the Vixens have become quite good at is sort of breaking down that super shot. So it's potentially harder for that player that is their super shot range shooter. And obviously there's some teams with two, but in this case, it's really just Gabby Sinclair. It's, it's really interesting that you say that because that was something that Dan Ryan talked about in his press conference last week is that one thing that the Swifts and the Giants in particular, and there's a few other teams, the Vixens at times, the Firebirds at times, they really present a challenge because there's two players who are capable of hitting the super shot and you can't just split off and double team like you talked about. You can't just let them have the one because both of them can pop out for the two. Exactly. And that's <laughs> the thing that frustrated me on Saturday night was when uh, Thunderbirds decided to present two options um, for two-point range in the final five minutes of the and game. take neither of them. And take neither of them and also have not played that combination in many weeks. They have not played that pairing for a while. That's a whole other podcast episode, Sarah. We can have a chat <laughs> about that one. But it's just those decisions where... I feel like now the magpies are quite set. I, I think Nicole spoke when you were speaking with her on the weekend, she spoke about they still wanted to start with Sophie Garvin because that's what they were familiar with. That was their starting seven. That's that's sort of the combination they'd run with for quite some time. But we've seen Gabby injected earlier and earlier and earlier again on the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see whether they still have that same approach or whether they just go back. We know Gabby's been coming on, but what is it? Gabby's been injected earlier and earlier. And so if he's not coming back, we're not seeing her for the regulation time in the next quarters mm -hmm. or in the second half. We're just not seeing her yet. And that's why well, I'm excited to see what Joe Weston deals with that. And she's dealt on the weekend. Um, and I think it's going to be a pivotal matchup, not just to that match, but as we discussed, to the entirety of the Super Netball finals. <laughs> yes, the entirety of the competition, the league, it all hinges on one game. Um, probably not just that one matchup, but certainly hinges on that one game and that result. Um, I hope it's still well and truly like tight with final the final five minutes and it sort of, yeah, goes right down to the wire because that'll just make it more exciting. I don't think my heart rate will be able to take like extra time or a final second goal, like Imagine. I, I, we didn't take me. a draw into any of that equation. So I, I did do the math. I did do the math on that. So the only team that can win with a draw is the Magpies because they're a game ahead. Yeah. So everyone but else is like passed out. Any of the other matches draw and neither team is relevant. And if the Magpies draw, they're home. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt like we didn't need to talk about it because it doesn't add a whole lot on that front. No, and we haven't. Have we ever had a draw after extra time? No, that's not for this week to be the one we find out. <laughs> Imagine. Um, no, it would, and as you say, it doesn't really make a difference because the Magpies are ahead by that whole four points. Um, so yeah. Look, realistically, if the Firebirds aren't the team sitting in fourth going into that matchup, i.e., the T Birds or the Swifts are even if the Magpies get to extra time, it's 
probably enough to get them home for finals. Well, it's all to play this weekend. And uh, yes, let's just say we will be glued to the TV um, and glued to the court when we're there. Uh, because it's going to be a weekend of Neville. I can't believe that after 14 weeks, we asked for it to come down to the final week and here it is coming down to the absolute final game of the home and away season. So that's just pretty remarkable. Thanks uh, all eight Super Netball teams for giving us that kind of season because it certainly has been um, really enjoyable and I hope it continues to be. Um, Yeah. And then we'll be back to talk about finals next week, which is just crazy. So oh, and I think next week we might also be on the cusp of actually having a diamonds team picked by the sets of it. Um, that I think too. that'll be out probably in the hours after we, we record next is my guess. But at this point, who knows about Netball Australia's common strategy? So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Sorry, uh, Georgina. <laughs> if you're listening, sorry, Georgina. <laughs> She's a big fan. <laughs> we know it's it's not your fault yes last week was interesting interesting (laughs) Um, but we'll have plenty more to talk about I'm sure when they start releasing the diamonds team and when we actually know who's going to be playing finals so uh thank you again for joining me Ariana and Dan it's been a pleasure as always this has been Over a Third Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Over a Third Pod. And you can, of course, find our final four match reports for the home and away season and then continuing after that into finals. Um, I'm sure Dan will have some analysis too on how these finals teams are going to match up in a couple of weeks' time. But yes, you can find that all at edgeofthecrowd.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back uh, next week to talk finals. Bye.